If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. Hey, hey, hey. I have so many feels about being back in the saddle and getting the ball rolling with another season of Fertile Minds for you. It's been way too long, and I want to dedicate this episode to a very special client that recently gave me a loving shove to get back on the mic. You know who you are. And I do apologize if you hear a weed whacker and lawnmower in the background. Of course, as soon as I had a moment alone in my house of five to do this, my neighbor decided to start, and that's just part of how it is. So I am bringing you an imperfect, perfect podcast today. And it has been a much longer break than I first intended, uh, but I want you to know I am back better than ever, ready to serve the global TTC community again. And I do feel like I owe you a little bit of an explanation as to where I have been, not because I'm wanting to change whatever opinion you may have formed about me in my absence, because I have no control over that, but because it is pertinent to the work behind today's episode, Space for Grace. This has really been my mantra that I have been working with for myself in the last three months. And I know that this is something that my clients it all seems like too much or when we get stuck in the indulgent emotion of overwhelm, which happens to the best of us, trust me. So we are going to go on a deep dive of what this means and how I think you owe it to yourself and your partner to try this one on and see what benefits you can glean by opening up your mind to include some space for grace on your journey. Like many of you in 2020, our lives got totally turned upside down and inside out. And even though we aren't fully on the other side of things yet, I know I have gained so much out of the deep internal work that was required of me to get through. There were times when I felt like I was in complete darkness, kind of like a caterpillar in chrysalis. I knew that it was possible to turn into a butterfly, but I kept ruminating on, are we there yet? When is this going to be over? Can you relate to those questions? I bet you've asked yourself something similar on your fertility journey. So there are the circumstances that changed in my life, but those really pale in comparison to the thought and feeling work I did to create my home, to recreate my home and business life in a way that was more sustainable. And I want to be vulnerable and share this work with you because I feel that it's only fair that the person that is asking you to do something has a firm understanding of what they are asking one to do that is actually rooted in experience, not theory. And I've done a couple of episodes on thought work and how to manage your mind, but I've never really gone into how I use it personally. And though my challenges aren't fertility related. What I have come to understand is at the end of the day, we are all driven by the same emotional needs disguised in different outfits or circumstances. This is also why I have such a deep desire to teach my clients how to self-coach because those emotional struggles that you experience in fertility 
if they aren't addressed, they simply follow you into parenthood. <clears throat> and then your kids mirror them back at you, which is super awesome, let me tell you. So I want to help you clean it up now. Right meow, as my 13-year-old would say. So thought work is simple, but it's not easy. This is my disclaimer that I give to anybody that wants to enter into mind level. You've got to sit in the darkness too. So if you're up for that, I'm your teacher. And that all aside, you know, not being easy, I can honestly tell you the rewards are more than I could have ever dreamed of if you're up for the challenge. And I want that for you. I want to show you the power of your mind and how to harness and how to not only use it to ensure that your fertility journey isn't swallowing you whole, but so that you can rewire some deep-seated beliefs that may not be serving you. So you can be an example of what is possible and emotional resilience for your children when they do get here. This is definitely some long-haul work, but I promise you it pays dividends in the end. And what I want to show you today is really, really important work and a concept that we can actually accidentally use the model against ourselves if we aren't careful. So if you're new to the podcast or you haven't listened to the Mind Level episodes, the model is <clears throat> developed by my teacher, Brooke Castillo in the Life Coach School. And it basically states that we have circumstances which are all neutral. And then we have our thoughts about those circumstances. Because if you feel bad, you default to old habits, old programming. And then our actions are what create our results or our reality even. So if you want to go dip your toe in the pond of manifestation, this is really kind of where it starts way upstream in our brain. So what I mean by using the model against you is that when we enter into this work, we can start to see our negative thoughts that the brain has about a situation, which is totally normal, by the way, because that's what brains are wired to do to keep us out of danger. But then we use that awareness as a reason to beat on ourselves. And it's usually really disguised as like well-meaning or the type of thinking that's been with us for so long that we don't even realize that we're doing it. And it takes a, a skilled uh, coach or confidant or even a friend sometimes to just point out and be like, hey, you're being really judgmental on yourself right now. So the way that this might show up is you might start to notice thoughts like there's something wrong with my brain instead of this is exactly what my brain should be doing. And we can get caught in a cycle, especially when we have perfectionist tendencies where we become aware of our negative thoughts and then we start to layer on the guilt about having them in the first place instead of just accepting that those are the current words that are running through our brain and that this is okay. This is right where we are. Even if you want to override that primal programming, if you try and skip to the end... <laughs> You kind of get kicked back down the mountain. You have to really just accept where you are. Um, and that's where my mantra, Space for Grace, comes in. That's really what I have been shown in my own personal work really heavily in the last three months. And for me, there are two parts to this mantra, Space for Grace. There is the first part that involves using the model to see how thoughts are 
creating our feelings that drive our actions or inactions. And then the second part for me involves aligning with my higher self. Uh, You might call that God, your higher power, universe, however you identify with spirit. Um, There's no right or wrong there. Um, But I spend some time in that second part getting in alignment with it, especially when I'm finding it difficult to accept what my brain is offering me. So first, let's go through some of my examples so you can see where my recovering perfectionist self tried to use the model against myself and how I came out on the other side. And I want to offer this to you because I feel like it's almost always easier to see things in other people than it is ourselves. Like when it's our problem, sometimes it feels so raw. It's hard to see, but always in someone else, we, we can see a little bit clearer. So here were my circumstances for 2020. And by the way, <laughs> these pale in comparison to what many people went through and are still going through as a result of all of these major changes that the planet has recently been experiencing. Um, so never want to say that these are, <laughs> are are terrible in comparison to others, but they were my reality and they were where my brain was stuck. So my circumstances were my brick and mortar closed twice, my wellness center, um, where I employed nine people. My business partner of eight years decided she no longer wanted to practice medicine And we still had a lease for another two years. We actually went through a business divorce and managed to keep our friendship. And I know that this would not have been possible without my thought work. I also had to let someone in my business go that I cared deeply about. My husband was unemployed at the start of the pandemic when all of this went down. My eldest son and my sister uh, both got caught covid as did countless patients that I care for deeply. Two of my four boys were suddenly homeschooling at my home. Uh, My traveling husband was no longer traveling. (laughs) I stopped the podcast. These are neutral. And the reason that I know that they are neutral is that for some people, these would have been blessings or good things. And for me, they they were really hard negative things to swallow and accept. And the charge or the feeling that you may feel as I read them off comes from your thoughts about them and what it must have been like and all the circumstances are neutral until we have a thought about them. And I know that because your thoughts and my thoughts about them will be very different. So therefore it is neutral. And trust me, I had a lot of thoughts about all of them that could have kept me spinning out for years If I hadn't had the model and a coach to be able to see my brain on paper, to have the perception of somebody else seeing my brain when I couldn't see it for myself, and to help me override what was happening with compassion instead of trying to beat it into submission or tell myself that I should just be thinking positively because others had it worse. So here are the thoughts that I was unintentionally thinking about two of those above neutral circumstances. Unintentional thoughts come from our beliefs and our past evidence about similar circumstances and often how our brain has been wired to protect us. This unintentional programming definitely shows up when we are stressed. Everything 
that we think gets run through a filter of past experiences and not the present moment. And the problem with that is that often those past experiences have nothing to do with our present. And when we aren't in present moment awareness, it's virtually impossible to see creative solutions to anything. That part of our brain literally goes to sleep when we are in fight or flight. So here are some of my thoughts so you can better understand what my brain did and how it's just like yours. I'm going to lose everything that I have worked for was my unintentional thought when my wellness center closed. I managed to rework that thought into, I choose to reopen and be okay with whatever comes, even if it's not the same level of success I am accustomed to. I choose not to make it mean anything about me. This took a few months. I had to start small. This also took the awareness of noticing that I was using the awareness of the thought, you're going to lose everything against myself. I was making it mean that I was somehow less of a human if this happened. And it's so not true. But it really, really felt true until I uncovered what my brain was doing. It started slow. I had to attach the thought, so what? When that thought came up, so I'm going to lose everything. So what? I had to neutralize it, basically. It took the charge of fear out so that I could start to work with it instead of habitually entering into panic and avoidance. And doing this helped to create what felt like space around the thought so that I could explore it instead of running from it and engaging in all kinds of buffering activities to avoid feeling panic. You know, and, and this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had a coach ask me, So why is this a big deal if you lose everything? What are you making it mean? Without that, I I don't know that I would have gotten past that thought. So that space that was created allowed me to start asking more questions of myself and my journaling and meditations and yielded some really, really deep insights into how I had allowed life experiences to wire and write my beliefs around issues like financial stability and work ethic and burnout and what I had made success mean in my life. And all of this is definitely still a work in progress, but I know it's working. I know the work is working because I can write about it. I can talk about it without shame, without judgment, and with a curiosity and compassion for my brain in all of its brilliant ways that it tries to protect me from negative feelings, which are really just a necessary part of life if we're really living. So instead of thinking I needed a different thought when I notice that it's a negative one, I now sit with it and I allow it and I process it instead of fighting to change it. Now, when it came to the dissolution of my business partnership, I had a lot of thoughts and tears. There may have even been some throwing of things at one point. I had a lot of victimy thoughts about not having control of having the responsibility in a pandemic thrust upon me to suddenly, you know, make sure that the business was profitable and we could still employ people alone, not in partnership anymore. I had angry thoughts about how could she leave me hanging. And once I got out of my head and I could see my thoughts on paper, I was actually able to see how I was giving away all of my power. And then I did have a choice. I could say no. I could have claimed bankruptcy. 
uh, that was always an option. It didn't seem like an option for me. It, it personally, it wasn't, but it was, which is exactly how I knew that the circumstance was neutral. <laughs> I could take another partner, which I eventually did, but initially I couldn't see that as an option. Again, I had lots of thoughts about why that would not be possible. I could downsize and cut overhead, which I did initially, but until I got all my thoughts out of my head and ran models on all of them, there were many, many models, I could see after that that my thoughts were not facts. They were mere words in my brain, and I couldn't begin to have creative solutions until I worked through them. I had to recognize the self-induced state that I was in. The universe did not do this to me. My landlord didn't do it. My business partner didn't do it to me. COVID didn't even do it to me. And biggest of all, my brain didn't do it to me. My brain was simply running an old program that wasn't capable of helping me leap to another level in the middle of fight or flight. That primal programming is only capable of keeping us stuck in the cave. That's all it is programmed to do. And I I stuck myself in the It makes sure that we fail ahead of time so that we don't have to risk danger anymore. But the crazy part is all of those negative emotions left unprocessed are so, so dangerous. Your brain just tells you the lie that you know how to handle those feelings. So it has to somehow be safer than the unknown because we don't know what feelings are going to come with that. And Man, that is a lie that if you believe it, will cheat you out of so much. I had to take my power back to get out of the role of being a victim because it was making me feel awful and I was not showing up as my best self in any area of my life. And until I did the uncomfortable work of being with myself, my thoughts and the emotions that they produced, I couldn't recalibrate my state, even though I wanted to spring into action and just get it over with. That sound familiar? That thought, just keep doing and everything will be okay. But every time I would try, by the way, the negative emotional state would follow me, making me more tired and ushering in more doubt, feeling like I was getting more and more stuck, even though I was in constant motion. But once I took my power back and I started to see my thoughts for what they were, I could begin to notice without judgment where I currently was. And I'm so glad that I was able to do so. Being clear about my thoughts and the feelings they generated in me and gaining authority over them by noticing them when they came up. Not judging, but just noticing and sitting with them when they did and learning not to use them as an excuse to beat on myself further was such a gift. It's probably the biggest gift that I got out of 2020. This recognition that I had to change how hard I was on myself in order to grow into a life that I envisioned for myself. It was what ultimately allowed me to make amends with my ex-partner and move into a different kind of supportive relationship that has the foundation to be even better of a relationship than it initially was. And all it takes is me continuing to clean up my mind when I engage in that relationship or think about that relationship and deciding how I want to see her and myself and nurturing that decision with positive actions. I don't have to control her actions or convince her of anything. All I have to do is let her be who she is 
in the state that she chooses. And I get to be who I am, faults and all. We get to choose to love each other despite the hardship we experienced, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I know that this is on parallel with what some of you experience in your intimate relationships with your husband or wife on a fertility journey where you wish that you could somehow control their behavior or how they thought about a potential decision. And I'm here to tell you that that just makes so much extra suffering for both people. So do the thought work. Ask yourself the questions. What do I think I'm going to feel if I didn't make this person act this way? Because you can make yourself feel that way by choosing different thoughts and not having to control that other person. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down every neutral circumstance that happened in your life in 2020 or in your fertility journey in the past six months, you get to pick. To be a circumstance, it has to be neutral, meaning it could be proved in a court of law or that one person may find it positive and you might find it negative or vice versa. It has to be a fact. It's If it's not a fact, it's a thought. And trust me, some of your thoughts will feel like circumstances. They'll feel like facts, but they aren't. <laughs> Just be careful when you're distinguishing the circumstance between your thoughts. And then I want you to run a model on that circumstance and see what you have been making those circumstances mean by the thoughts that you've been having about them. I want you to notice the emotions with acceptance that those thoughts cause just by thinking them as you go through this exercise. And the key to this, because you might have a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions, is to just stick with one, to just stick with one thought and just stick with the one emotion that that creates. If it creates a bunch of emotions, it's because you're entertaining multiple thoughts and those are really multiple models. So I know it's tedious, but just do it one at a time so that the feeling is coming from the actual thought. And then I want you to ask yourself what action or non-action or inaction, I guess is a better word for it, that you took as a result of your feelings. And then the next line is the results that were produced. Notice how your results usually proves your thought or reinforces the feeling. If it doesn't do those two things, you've probably mixed up multiple models into one. And then the second part is the grace, the divine, the magic, whatever you want to call it. I like to take a few moments to let my breath anchor me in the present moment after I've done a model. I might close my eyes if I'm in a private space and feel like I have a couple minutes to myself to go a little bit deeper internally. And then I simply start to follow my breath with that part of my mind that's always observing and always watching. I just observe my breath going in and out, in and out. And then with that same observational quality of mind, I ask myself some questions. And I just observe with curiosity answers that come or don't come. They might come in the form of knowing. They might come in the form of feeling. They might come in images or words or sounds. It might be nothing. That's okay too. But I'll ask myself, is this thought giving me space for grace? 
Is this thought serving me? What would my life be like without this thought? What am I gaining from this thought? Because there's always an upside, even in the darkest things. And that helps me to see why I've tried it on and give me a little bit of compassion if it's kind of sticking around and becoming habitual. Once I see what I'm getting out of it, I can usually get that in a different way. And I sit for as long as is comfortable, letting my higher self and my creator show me alternative routes. And I sit and sit until I feel like I have kind of been knocked out of that state. And then I start writing. I write what's possible, where I'm headed, what answers I got, and the positive, like, big picture, other end of the spectrum of what I would want to see happen. And then I start back with that original thought. And I start laddering up to where I want to be. I notice where my brain interjects and says, hey, hey, that's a line of bullshit. That's totally not believable. You don't believe that yet. I know it because it feels different in my body. It feels like a little bit of imposter syndrome. And I know that that's where I am on the ladder when I get there. I have to stop there. If I keep going, it's just kind of wasted energy. I have to practice intentionally thinking that last thought where it is believable until I can try on the next one, until I eventually get to where I want to be. This works or I wouldn't be back on the mic. And trust me, you are going to have the impetus to want to just catapult to that place that you want to go so that you can avoid all of the negative feelings that will come, the uncomfortableness that comes with growth. But it won't work. And if it does, it won't last. And the other reason that I know that this work works is because without it, my business wouldn't be thriving in a pandemic. I wouldn't have enough creative energy to be recreating the podcast again or to bring you a group program coming this March if I hadn't done this work. I want you to treat your brain with curiosity instead of judgment and drop into the present moment awareness to get an idea of what is possible instead of repeating all of those unintentional thoughts. I can guarantee this self-work will make your fertility struggles not only worth the suffering in the end, but overall it will deliver a kind of growth that you can't get any other way. So I'll see you next week. And if you're on Instagram, come find me there. At Lady Potions for you, the number four, the letter U. Or if you're on Clubhouse, I just got on Clubhouse, come find me over there at Fertile Minds. I'm going to be doing some uh, speed coaching and some lead meditation. So if you're in Clubhouse, definitely pop by, follow me, say hi, and hopefully we can connect there as well. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast, I would love it if you would leave a short review wherever you listen. Your stars and kind words help other women find this podcast when it's their turn to conceive. I would consider it the ultimate thank you. And you might even be chosen to hear your review read on one of our podcasts. Bye for now.